You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Who was, who was your crush when you were 13? Do you remember? When I was 13, I think it was JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh, Come yeah, on. that's a classic. Mine was Taylor Hansen. Ooh. So they played Hansen at the wedding at the Vatican. Hi, I'm Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queens, the podcast about badass women in history. What you know about me? But I'm the motherfucking P O P E. I'm sorry, I've been thinking that all week. The goddamn Pope is coming up. Pope Daddy. No. <laughs> um, we are talking about Lucrezia Borgia this week in our very first episode, our bad and bougie episode. She wasn't necessarily a queen, but her life was all uh, over the place. And I, honestly, still, it was because of her Pope Daddy. Because of her Pope Daddy. But it's still a scandal we talk about all this time later. She was probably not that bad, but she was definitely bougie. So here we go. And so today we are pairing her with a drink called poison i mean go figure you gotta do it you gotta do it that's her legacy that's the thing that the very first thing i ever heard about lucretia borgia was that she wore a hollow ring that she could keep poison in i mean that's bad and bougie that's bad and bougie probably not true any (laughs) kind of accurate no in this cocktail we've got vodka orange liqueur lemon and soda water Cheers! Cheers to Lucrezia. Can we call her Lucy? (laughs) Miss Lucy. (laughs) So she was born the daughter of a cardinal. Which, I mean, scandalous enough. Let that sink in. Scandalous (laughs) enough. But uh, her father became Pope, and that started a dynasty that would scandalize the Vatican for (laughs) generations. Still, somewhat unfairly, she's remembered as a temptress and even possibly murderous. Was she a temptress? Was she a murderess? Or was she just a pawn in the game the men in her life played? I think I'm opting for the last one. I, think, I yeah. think she was definitely a pawn. But she was actually born in April 18th, 1480. So she's an Aries, Aries. man. She's definitely an Aries. So if you're a Gemini, then that'd be a good match. It's like side <laughs> twins. Anyway, her, her dad was, like we said, Cardinal Rodrigo Borgia. And her mother was uh, his his favorite mistress. So he actually had a couple different kids but, with a different mistresses. I mean, he, but he she never. Was, he She's never, basically his wife. Yeah, for, yeah. For like and he never like claimed any of those children anyway, but her name was Vanoza de Catania. I, I, I said that oh. as, as elo- eloquently that as possible. <laughs> I would have been like Vanoza Catani. <laughs> but she had blonde hair and blue eyes. She was so supposedly very beautiful. Yeah, she was very beautiful. But mm. let's kind of look at the political climate at this time All in right. Italy. Right. Like, and that kind of explains why the Borgia family has the stigma. Exactly. Has the stigma. So Italy's them. like. Well, and also because they were murderous assholes. But they were. <laughs> they were. They totally were. But like Italy was just like 
like broken up into these gerrymandered, crazy provinces, city it's states. Not, it's not like what you think of Italy now. It's not the boot. It's, it's definitely <laughs> not the entire boot. It's like half the boot. It's fragmented boots. <laughs> but they were, there was just powerful families all over Italy. And the Borgias just kind of rolled on in from Spain yeah. and started to take some and of they the were power. Like, oh yeah, like we need another fucking powerful family coming in on our territory. Of course, and like the Italians were like, "What the hell are these people doing here?" So <laughs> they were unpopular from the get go. So I think that, along with some other things, really started. Um, the scandal and the negativity. The rumors. The rumors. <laughs> That's where it really Also, starts. let's just go ahead and say the Vatican, Rome at this time. It was some mean girl shit, the way that they gossiped on each other. Oh, hell yeah. Like, I mean, there's rumors of cardinals killing the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> which is Pope Daddy. Um, That's a Pope rumor. Daddy. Just a rumor. Her family. She had a number of half-brothers and half-sisters, but she definitely had three full brothers. One, Cesare and Jeffrey. And so the Pope... Pope Daddy eventually put their mother aside, but they remained friendly, and she lived a cush life. Yeah, they, I mean, he, like, had, he put her up a lot in, of money. Yeah, they put her up in, like, some mansions, gave her, like, a husband. She's the number one. She is the main bitch. <laughs> and... These were the only children that Pope Daddy recognized. He had other kids, that, and I think he did provide for them, too. But these are the only four that he was like, those are my babies. <laughs> and so she was raised just in lap of luxury. And then when she, and she was educated very well. Yeah. I feel like that's a theme with that's almost all the women we talk about. Theme. And I think, they honestly. They're smart and they're educated well. The more I read about it, the more they were just taught to to read different languages mm-hmm. and speak different languages but I well, think like, that's I think that's because the dads wanted to marry them off yeah, to like, somebody yeah like I might marry you to somebody in France so you better be you got, you gotta learn French uh, <laughs> super smart great education and so when she was 12 her dad becomes Pope Alexander VI back then popes and cardinals like lived a life of celibacy and I'm using air quotes air quotes uh, which basically meant they didn't get married, but they were powerful <laughs> fucking men with lots of money. I don't know if you know this, if you've watched the news before. <laughs> powerful men with lots of money, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> true story. They make stupid decisions, too. And uh, they didn't have birth control back then, really, so they had babies. It was really common, but it was not common for popes and cardinals to recognize their children. To recognize it. So they like had Pope them. Like Pope Daddy did. Yeah, they had them, but Mr. Pope Alexander the Sixth was like, yeah, that's my like, baby. These are my kids? What? And everyone was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> He's like, okay, now I'm the Pope. I have this beautiful daughter. It's time to marry her into some power. So she was actually previously engaged to like two other Spanish noblemen like yeah and I so badly want to feel like she loved one of them but but also she was like 12 or 13 12. <laughs> like and she, like you love every boy that tells she, you you're pretty exactly <laughs> but like her dad like arranged this weird ass marriage with Giovanni Sforza who's like 27 and she's 13 oh cause history is disgusting <laughs> gross like more than twice her age like twice yeah. her age plus one. <laughs> like, and the, the reason that alliance was important is okay, so the king of France was like, Naples looks good, and just tried to take over Naples. And that's going to be a recurring theme because 
Pope Daddy always wanted to be cool with the King of France. The P-O-P-E. Motherfucking P-O-P-E <laughs> was like, I gotta get in with France. France I, is where it was. I think it the, was like the artillery, the, 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 the they weaponry. Were just a, they were just he powerful. He just wanted power. He wanted to be in with France. And the Sforza family was from the north of Italy, and they were in alliance at the time with France. So he was like, that's where we gotta be. Let's marry her to somebody in the Sforza family. And the Sforzas are powerful. The Sforzas were powerful. fucking ruthless. Yeah. One day we got to do a bad and bougie about Katarina Sforza. Oh, God. She grabbed herself by the pussy. Oh, she did grab herself <laughs> by the pussy. Well, you know what? We'll keep you in suspense there. <laughs> Unless you have the internet. You can just look it up yourself. <laughs> anyway. They're marrying her off to Giovanni Sforza. It definitely wasn't a love match. No, definitely not. Because she was 13. Not. He and was 27. Gross. <laughs> who was, who was your crush when you were 13? Do you remember? When I was 13, I think it was JGT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh, Come on. yeah, that's a classic. Mine was Taylor Hansen. Ooh. Anyway, so they played Hansen at the wedding at the Vatican between yep. Lucrezia Borgia. And it was a fabulous wedding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so they had, had they had like this huge wedding at the Vatican, which was unprecedented at the time. Like, yeah, that shit doesn't happen. Pope's daughters weren't getting married. Could you imagine getting given away by the Pope? <laughs> right? In the Vatican? In like, the Vatican. That's my dad and he's the Pope. Is there anything more bad or bougie than having no. your wedding at the Vatican and being given away by your Pope daddy? The quick answer... Hell no. No. <laughs> Answer is no. They, uh, she's 13. They, so this is gross, but this is how life was then. The official age or like the accepted age of consent was 14. So she was married then and it was agreed that she would live for the first year of their marriage, stay at the Vatican, and then she'd go off of Giovanni wherever he lived, which I think was like in the sticks somewhere. Yeah. And, I mean, he's a sportsa. So she was underwhelmed at like their country estate or whatever so political tides change yeah they've been married for three years things change naples ends up like making a peace treaty nobody really and at that point the pope was like "Eh, we really don't need you anymore i could have my beautiful daughter married to somebody much more powerful and i could make an alliance with somebody else to make yeah the vatican the center of the world make the vatican great again <laughs> yes, it's yes, gonna be queen. huge. It's oh, I, gonna I, I be ha- huge. I don't have a good POTUS impression. <laughs> best but. Vatican. Everybody says so. <laughs> we have the best cardinals. They are the best. The worst. <laughs> Tremendous. Anyway. Anyway. After three years, they're like, yeah, we don't need them anymore. And so they wanted to make friends in the South. So, And they hadn't had children together yet. Yeah. Which so... was huge. If they had, they couldn't so easily have um, removed him from the And that's situation. the whole thing is like the whole annulment was based on the fact that. They had never consummated no their marriage. No consummation of marriage. But they like, didn't they had, have sex. They had like most definitely consummated their marriage. I'm 100% sure. But at the same point, there was no proof. There was no proof. They were, Well, first they were like. Like, all right, Giovanni, we don't really want you anymore. We want to do, we need you to divorce Lucrezia. And he was like, I'm not divorcing my wife. This is ridiculous. The Borgias are ruthless. And so Cesare starts to plan, like, cool, we'll just off him. It'll be fine. Lucrezia had the kindness to tell her husband, who I don't think, I don't think they necessarily had, like, 
a happy marriage. No. I don't think I don't think it's like in the show where he was abusive. Like abusive. Or anything, I don't think it was that bad. But I don't bad. think she was. I think she was sort of like. Uh, yeah, and by the show we mean like the Showtime. Borgias. The, the Showtime Borgias. We both love this show. Not, Not the, the Netflix no. one because he has an American accent. The Pope has it's an American weird. accent. It's weird. It makes no sense that they have British accents. In no, the Showtime it doesn't one. either. But I mean, I feel like if you're speaking Italian, it's like fancy. So you got to have a British accent. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm I trying. only watched one. I didn't even watch a full episode of the Netflix one. Pulling out some strings here. We have <laughs> gotten off topic. <laughs> so anyway, she's like, look, I, I've got wind that, like, Chesare is probably going to have you killed. My brother's about to off your ass. I don't know if you know about my family. Run the fuck away. And he was like, fine, I'll give her the annulment. And they made him sign documents that said that he was impotent. That's humiliating. Like, Like, what the hell? Back then, like, he was never going to be able... No one would ever want to marry him. And he had illegitimate children, so we know that he wasn't He had illegitimate children, and he went on to have another kid later in his life when he finally did find somebody to marry him again. And, but still... He could get it up. (laughs) He could get it up. Is... Like, what the description of this episode is going to be in <laughs> iTunes now. <laughs> Lucretia Borgia. I could get it up. <laughs> so he agreed. He agreed to say that he never slept with his wife. But while this was all going on, he said to somebody, I have n- I've slept with my wife a hundred times, but I have to pretend like I didn't because the Pope wants her for himself. Ooh, and, and they s- took that oh. and ran with it. Well, so when I first heard that quote, I thought it just meant, like, the Pope wants her for herself, wants her for himself, for, like, political reasons, to remarry her. But the people of Rome took it as, the Pope wants to bone his daughter. Yeah, and they ran with they, that rumor. I mean, it's That's still, where the incest besides came the from. poison thing, the other thing that everyone thinks of when they think of Lucrezia Borgia is, oh, she fucked her brother. Um <laughs> And so they ran with it, and Giovanni just was like, yeah, that's totally what I meant. Absolutely. And then somebody added on, oh, and she's also sleeping with her brother Cesare. And it just snowballed from there. And everybody took to it, and that's, like, what stuck with her. Yeah, and so, like, apparently during this first marriage, like, towards the end of the first marriage with Giovanni, she actually, there was these rumors, and there were (laughs) lots of rumors starting, and they thought that she had this illegitimate baby with it. So let me, like, break it down. Like, so with Giovanni, she's married to Giovanni, Mm -hmm. and they're about to get an annulment. Uh She's Uh apparently sleeping with Pitoro, which we're just gonna call Pedro. Pedro, because it's easier. So much easier. And so... She sleeps with him, and then all of a sudden in this June... Allegedly. Allegedly. Again, air quotes. Allegedly. allegedly. So on June, they send her to a convent while well, her dad does, Pope Daddy. Pope, Pope Daddy. Alexander the Sixth. let's be real. But he sends her to a convent, and then in December... Actually, the annulled marriage goes through, everything's signed through, because it's kind of convenient to have a pope as a father who can annul your marriage. Yeah, because back then, yeah, you could only get an annulment based on non-consummation. Yep. And so she was like, I got to get out of this marriage. It has to be sanctioned by the pope. Hey, I know a guy. (laughs) (laughs) And that's exactly what happened. And so anyway, he annulled the marriage on December. And then in February, Pedro, you know, the guy that she slept with, that she kind of had, you know, there were rumors that there was an affair there. And a little piece of fun on the side. He ends up dead in the Tiber River. And 
the the story is is that Chesare, her brother, had him murdered because there were a lot of uh, a lot murders. of a lot of Borgia enemies ended up in the Tiber River. Yeah, it's kind of so, hello. They may have done it, and then like literally after in February, he was found dead in the river, and then in March there was you know an ambassador comes and says that that Lucy. Lucretia apparently gave birth at that time, but there's not really any documents on that. So what there is, there was definitely a baby born around this time, and I didn't. Oh, I didn't write down what they called it. It was something like baby of the Vatican, the papal baby, the papal infant, the Vatican infant. Something. There was a baby, and there is the Pope involved. And they sent out like two papal. They sent out two two papal bulls, which are not (laughs) bulls wearing pope hats. No, it's like a press release. (laughs) It's like. It's like a Pope press release. So his PR team sent out a one papal bull being like, hey, there's this baby and it's Chesare's. And then the other papal bull was like, hey, Hey, there's there's this this baby baby. and it's uh, Pope Daddy's. It's Pope Daddy's. (laughs) And so everyone was just like, you ain't fooling anybody. This is Lucrezia's baby. Yeah. And so we really, we really don't know. His name was Giovanni, Giovanni Borgia. We really, in the end of the day, nobody for sure knows who were, who was the mom, who was the dad. Nobody. But I will say this. He did, throughout his life, he kept ending up in Lucrezia's care. And they were close, and there are correspondence between the two of them, like letters. And they had a close relationship. And apparently whenever he died, uh, because he died before her, mm-hmm. apparently she went and like liquidated all of his assets. Which really wouldn't be that weird if no, you're, you're the family. aunt and you're close. Family. But I just think they were a little closer than you would necessarily say an aunt and niece. Yeah, agreed. But who knows? Anyway. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> So this seems like a good place to take a quick break. And give a quick plug to the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, so we're going to top off our drinks, but while we're doing that, why don't you check out queens underscore podcast on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook at Queens Podcast. So we're going to top off our drinks. We'll be back in a second to talk about Lucrecia's second marriage. I'm Jane Perlez longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? 
Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show has examined weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. All right, so a little time passes. A few years pass. Like it, yeah, a little time. And they're like, all right, we need to marry you off again. We need another alliance. And now we want to be tied with Naples. So he marries her off to Alfonso of Aragon. Alfie. Alfie, part one. <laughs> so, like, I really think Alfie and Lucy were in love. I totally do, too. I think they were they're enamored with young. each other. They were They were both hot. Like, he was actually her own age, not way older. <laughs> and they were both, by contemporary sources, said to be super attractive. And it just really seemed like they loved each other. Yeah, I totally think they did. They did. The marriage contract stipulated that they would live in Rome until Pope Daddy died. How convenient for I know, Pope Daddy. I know. So they were happy. They really loved each other. Unfortunately, Lucrezia did suffer a miscarriage. But then she got pregnant pretty quickly again after. Then, just like with Giovanni, the political tides start to change. Pope Daddy doesn't need as much power in that area anymore. He's like, well, Alfonso, the, this family, Naples, isn't really serving us anymore. And Alfie gets wind of it. And he tries to take off. Because it's not like they can say they never consummated the marriage with this one. Because... There's a baby. She pregnant. <laughs> Can't lie about that one. <laughs> and so he takes off. She begs him to come back. She's like, you can't just leave me here. Please come back. Me and your son are here. Because they had a baby. And that's why boy. I think that she loved him, too. No, I, I think... think she uh, yeah, him. she just loved him. She was like, no, I promise nothing's going to happen. Because she... Her... Her brother and father, they adored her. They were always super affectionate with her, which fed the incest rumors. But I think she really thought, no, they want what's best for me. They would never hurt you. And she was sorely mistaken. Yeah. Because he comes back. And on July 15th, 1500, he is attacked um, on the stairs in front of, like, some cathedral there. He was straight up, like, shanked. I mean, he was stabbed and just attacked and brutally just... And I think they, they, after the attack, they, like, sent him to the Borgia Tower to get cared for by a bunch of nurses and stuff and and doctors. Lucrezia and his sister were, like, the main people caring for them, and they brought in all the best doctors and all the best nurses and he was actually on the mend he survived but (laughs) but and it's a big but (laughs) someone comes in 
in the night while everyone's sleeping and strangles him to death. And I really do think it was, if not Cesare, one of his it had henchmen. They were in the Borgia Tower. So, of course, of course. they knew the ins and outs and of that place. So, the jury is out on if Pope Daddy really had anything to do with this. Because he had sent guards. And maybe that was just a front. Maybe that was just a make it look like... Yeah, make it look like it wasn't him. Or maybe it was all 100% Cesare. Cesare. Because he was like, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Either way, Lucrezia was... Devastating. Yeah, I mean, her man that she, she loved so much just got strangled or like for smothered. Months. He had a brutal end and she like mourned him for months. And I really think that neither her brother or Pope Daddy expected this because they both loved her, but they just always had what was best for the family in mind. And so they thought, I'm doing what's best for the family. They did not take her emotions into account and that's what totally was a changing point in her life it was it was a huge changing point in her life they sent her away because she was so depressing (laughs) she was signing all her letters the most the saddest princess in all christendom or something like that (laughs) and they were just like oh bitch you are bringing us down too much drama get out of here so they just pushed her on out and And i really think that was the point where she realized she always thought that okay yeah we're doing stuff for the family but that means the good for each other and now she's like no they don't care about my feelings no and they don't and that's exactly the point as long as i'm here in rome my life is always going to be scandalous my life is always going to be full of drama and so she was like i gotta get out of here and at the same point her dad like totally set up another marriage after like the death of her like beloved second marriage and this is alfie part two alfie two Uh, alfonso de este duke of ferrara ferrara Uh, i I had to say it i had to say it all fancy (laughs) like that alfie part two so she like totally just runs off to ferrara with this dude which is honestly probably really good for her because she needs to be away from it i think strategically because i feel like she could have contested this marriage because he contested this marriage tooth and nail he wanted nothing to do with the scandal of the Borgia family and I felt if she didn't want to be in this marriage too she could have but she was like no I've got to get away from Rome I've got to get I've got to separate myself from my crooked family and so she saw this marriage as a way to do it so she like leaned in you know he was like no 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 part of this and then the Borgias were like, but money. And so he was like, okay. Okay, okay, maybe so. And um, apparently like Pope in this... Pope better have my money. Pope better have my money. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but he set up this uh, other marriage with him, and they at first it was not meant to be, but eventually they did grow to like be close to each I other. I don't know if I would say... At the, by the end of it, because they were married for nearly 20 years. They had years, eight babies, yo. Yeah, they definitely loved each other, but it was never like romance love. No, I don't Do think it was I mean? like the second husband It was like um, a partnership. Because she actually became a really great duchess. The people of Ferrara loved her. And she actually found like... <laughs> Funny, she escaped Rome and her father, the Pope, and found religion. And she became very religious and pious and did work for the poor. And the people 
loved her. She was an amazing duchess. Were her and her husband faithful to each other? Absolutely not. In no way, shape, or form. I, I, I kind of honestly think that in, in, in the 1500 terms, they probably had an uh, open marriage. Open marriage! <laughs> <laughs> because, like, she slept with her brother-in-law, mm-hmm. Francesco, Gonzaga, mm-hmm. and that was just really just a sexual thing. And then he caught syphilis, and they were like, And she Ugh. was like, oh, it's not it's not me, it's you. Not in my vajayjay. <laughs> I don't want syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, he, was, Felicia. he was actually bisexual. Oh, well, that yeah. sounds like my kind of man. Ooh. Anyway, so there was the that one. That was her mm-hmm, brother-in-law, mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. was just sexual. But then there's these letters between a poet. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Pietro Bembo, which I or think... We're also going to call him Pedro. Pedro it's Part just, 2. I mean, there's lots of, like, they don't have to confuse names. But anyway, like, they wrote all of these letters to each other, and it was supposedly so romantic that... And that went on for a really long time. Yeah, even Lord Byron was like... That shit's hot. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Um, so in their collection of letters, one of the things that was preserved was like a lock of her hair, which, uh, okay. And uh, Lord Byron stole some of it because he is creepy, a creepy motherfucker. <laughs> That's fucking weird. <laughs> that is weird. Anyway. And, and apparently there was like a third person that there was no documents from her end saying that she returned his favor but he was so enamored with her he just like talked about how wonderful she was kind of he was a french soldier just like oh yeah. i love her hey. but hey who knows it's all rumors yeah. anyway an ironic about thing about them was they weren't particularly faithful to each other but they became like religious figures not religious figures but like known for their devotion to the church and she even served as de facto ruler whenever um, Alfie II went off to fight in war, which we'll talk about quite a bit with queens and stuff. Whenever their men go off to storm the castle, they're left to be rulers. They're in power. So, And she... I just, I cannot get past enough. It's just so weird to me to think she was 20 before she married him and all this scandal and then she moves here, removes herself from the stigma of Rome, and just becomes, like, this pillar of a community. Yeah. So they live together another, they live together, like, 18 to 20 years. They have eight pregnancies. I think yeah. it only results in four children that make it to adulthood. Yeah, and then her final kid that she had was in 1519. And it was really rough on her. Like yeah. she All had her pregnancies had, have been rough. She, she had, was not yeah. good at having babies. She had miscarriages. She had problems. Babies died at birth. Babies died after birth. Which, like, was, which was normal Common, but at the same but point. But then she, she was just like, I would like to be a renaissance um, cliche, and I'm going to die on childbirth. And that's exactly <laughs> what she did. Her Ooh. body gave the fuck up and was like, I'm sorry, can't do it anymore. Supposedly, though, Alfie, too, mourned the hell out of her and honestly i think I mean, it was his business partner it was his friend they i made... honestly think that like after the death of her dad which mm-hmm. was in like 1500 yeah. after the death of her dad it was she honestly was able to be herself and so like she lived this pious life and was able to give to the community and she didn't have somebody saying oh you're gonna have to marry this you're guy next to do this now, now you might murder this. this person she was able to run off and just separate herself and but that's 
it honestly speaks to her legacy. Yeah. Like, that speaks to that her it, legacy, which is, like, I she was wish, a pawn. But I wish that was her legacy of being this great duchess that the people loved and that really cared for the community and made sacrifices. It's not. Her legacy is that she was incestuous and that she poisoned people. And that's because that makes a lot better Showtime Drama. Yeah. <laughs> then totally the then the real story. The story about the hollow ring, not true. Her legacy of fucking her brother, not, not true. true. It was all based on the fact that her dad was making a series of fucking power plays and she had no fucking she power. She was a pawn, absolutely. But in the end She persisted. She, nevertheless. She persisted. she persisted. Bad and bougie. And we're still talking about her now, like, 600 years later. So... She made a name for herself. She made a name for herself. So that was our first Bad and Bougie episode. I hoped you liked Lucrezia Propecia Borgia. That wasn't really her last name. <laughs> Lucrezia. Uh, Lucrezia. I like, I like Lucrezia. It's a me. I'm at a Pope. I'm sorry. I had to do it. It's a me. I'm at a Pope. <laughs> So, really glad y'all took a listen to this Bad and Bougie segment. That y'all came on this journey with us. So, we are still debating our next episode. I threw up a poll on both Twitter and Facebook. Um, On Facebook, uh, Catherine of Aragon won outstandingly. And on Twitter, Catherine de Medici won outstandingly. So it's going to be a Catherine one way So it's going to be a Catherine. I know neither of them were regnants, but they were both definitely badass bitches (laughs) that came to slay and um, got shit done. And that's what matters. This will probably go up tomorrow, which is tomorrow's the 26th, March 26th, Sunday. Write us. Email us. Let us know who you want to hear about. Let us know who you want to hear. Be the tiebreaker. Be the tiebreaker. And um, if we haven't made a decision yet, maybe you'll sway us. So that'll probably be in another couple of weeks. So, yeah. Thanks for listening. Queen's podcast. Slay, bitch. Yes, Queen. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Stakuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.